0: Well, we are a few weeks into our last series of the summer, titled "Fish Tales," and a good fishing story, a good fish tale, usually has an exciting level of of embellishment or a lack of believability. There are stories in the Bible of miracles and wonders that show us who God is and what He can do. These stories in nature can sometimes sound like fish tales. Through this series, we're exploring different fish stories in the Bible that give testimony to who God is, what he's capable of doing, and how he transforms our lives. I want to start off by sharing a little story. When I was a junior in high school, uh, we had a movie night in our youth group. And I believe the movie was Batman Begins. And uh, there was tons of food. There was soda, there was candy, and there was pizza. And there was a lot of it. And so there were leftovers. Now, I was known to be a bit of a pizza connoisseur, so naturally, after youth group was over, they said, Brett, would you like an extra pizza? Of course, this is great. So I get the extra pizza and we're hanging out after youth group in the parking lot with some of my friends chatting and it was time to go. So I, I, I went to my car and I, and I, I got in and I, I started blaring up my Christian rap music uh, so I could look cool in front of my friends and I got in my really cool blue 1993 Ford Tempo uh, it's not a cool car for those that, that, that didn't catch that. But, uh, and then I start zooming off past my friends in the church parking lot. And I, they start going, "Brett, Brett," And I'm like, yeah, you guys are awesome too. Kind of reciprocating the love. And I get home and uh, tell my dad, dad, you'll never guess what? I've got pizza. We can eat some pizza while we're watching TV. So I go out to my car and there's no pizza. And I'm like, uh-oh. I start replaying the events in my head back in the parking lot. Apparently, the pointing, Brett, 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 was not to show their love towards me, but to tell me I had a full box of pizza on top of my car as I was driving out of the parking lot. Now, being preoccupied with looking cool, having fun, and being with my friends caused me to forget to put my pizza in the car. In a similar way. Sometimes, when we find ourselves too preoccupied with our life circumstances, it's easy for us to forget things we know we shouldn't. In those moments where we find ourselves forgetting, it's such a blessing when there's someone in our life who's willing to give us a reminder. And today's passage finds Jesus giving his disciples a reminder of how they should live out their faith in times of uncertainty. Our scripture reader for today is Jay Gomer. So Jay, go ahead and head to the center of the room. And would everyone please rise for the reading of God's word? We're going to be in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And we stand and face the center of the room for the reading of scripture to remind us that it's supposed to be central to our lives. So Jay, whenever you're ready, go ahead and get started.
1: Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn.
0: Thank you, Jay. You can all be seated, please. So our fish story today casts us out to the bank of the Sea of Galilee with seven of his disciples of Jesus' disciples. They were on the heels of Jesus' death and resurrection, but were still unsure about what was next in their lives. There was a level of uncertainty. They didn't know what lied ahead, despite Jesus already appearing to them twice. The disciples could have made their way back to the Sea of Galilee for a number of different reasons. It could have been to escape scrutiny and criticism from the Jews in Jerusalem, maybe to distract them from some of the discouragement they felt from the unknown, or to obey Jesus' command to go there in Matthew 28, verse 7. Or maybe just a little bit of all those things. Either way, the period of waiting for Jesus, not knowing when he would show up, weighed heavily on the disciples and created a fog of not knowing what was going to happen next. Even though they had just spent three years following Jesus, continually hearing about what they were to do, they seemed to forget. They seemed forgetful of what it was they were called to do. Like the disciples, we too can easily forget Sometimes we have memories like a goldfish, forgetting what we should know, do, and cling to when we get caught up in different life circumstances. Peter would decide to deal with his circumstances by going fishing, and the other disciples would follow suit. And it's apparent at this point that Peter had become the influencer or leader of the group because he didn't invite them to go with him. They followed him. But the other's disciples would follow his lead and they would go out on the lake. They would spend their night casting their nets out again and again and again and yet getting nothing every single time. Think about how discouraging that would have been for them. They were fishermen. It's one thing to feel unsettled and sitting and waiting in the unknown, waiting for Jesus to come back. But fishing was supposed to be the one thing they knew how to do, the one thing that they could control. And yet, they found themselves unable to do that as well. As the disciples were on the tail end of fishing with no success, Jesus would once again appear to them. But for some reason, they didn't recognize him. Now, it's easy for us to maybe think, oh, come on, how did they not recognize Jesus? They've been with him for three years. He's pretty recognizable. But there's some explanation as to why they potentially didn't recognize him. We have to remember that they were probably incredibly tired, being that they just worked through the entire night. And on top of that, they may have been a little cranky, cold and wet from the morning mist and being in the, in the lake all night long. And that mist on the, on the shoreline may have actually made it hard to decipher who was on on the shore, the other thing is they could have just been so preoccupied with their failure to catch any fish that they really didn't care who was talking to them. But this mysterious man they couldn't recognize would ask them if they have caught any fish. To which they would respond, no. And then he would give them a suggestion or a direction. Verse 6 says, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of Fish. So these former professional fishermen had been out fishing all night with no luck. And then some random guy comes up and he's like, Well, hey, did you try on the other side? Why don't you think about how you respond in that moment? Let's put ourselves in that situation. Wouldn't we all just love to have someone come tell us how to do our job after we'd already done it all night long and caught nothing? I probably would have mimicked him being like, "Yeah, what did you get? Like I would have uh, made an idiot of myself there, but I'm not sure I would have put my faith in that person. But they probably figured they had nothing to lose. So they did, and the rest is history. They caught the miraculous 153 fish. And it's at this point we should be asking ourselves if we have any uh, prior knowledge of what happens in scripture. This sounds a little familiar, And I want us to go see why it sounds a little familiar. If you would turn with me to Luke 5, verses 1 through 7. It says this. Once again, Luke 5, verses 1 through 7. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets." When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. Our passage today is very reminiscent of how Jesus first called his disciples. He calls them from the shore. He asks them to throw their nets in one more time and a big haul of fish comes. And they had just worked all night long and this miraculous amount of fish. Who would have thought? When the unrecognized Jesus gave them direction from the shore and the miraculous catch followed, something happened in the minds of the disciples right there. It clicked. They were reminded about who Jesus was and what they had seen him do and realized that this mysterious person was him. It was their guy. We see their initial aha moment in verse 7. It says, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. John may have figured it out first, but it was Peter who heard him, who jumped forward and rushed into the water to get to Jesus. And once again, it would be the disciples following Peter's lead, and they would make their way to shore. When they got to shore, they found this breakfast waiting for them. Some bread and fish on a fire. And I guess if you're not allowed to have bacon, fish on a fire is probably the next best thing. Because these guys have been fishing all night and were wet and starving, this would have been incredibly refreshing. It would have been a relief. But before eating, Jesus would give them one more direction. It says in verse 10 and 11, Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you've caught. So Simon and Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Even though Jesus already had breakfast prepared, it was ready. He wanted his disciples to be able to participate in the meal, to partner with him in contributing. So Peter obediently followed his directions. He brought in the miraculous catch without tearing the net. This act would have been an incredible feat of strength carrying that giant net by himself to the shoreline. As we interact with the story, we see that without Jesus being central in our lives, without Jesus being central in the disciples' lives, there's a drifting that begins to happen. Not knowing what we should do next in our lives. Jesus would use this experience to reel them back by giving them some important reminders that would be critical for their lives moving forward. As we look at these reminders given to the disciples, we find that they are relevant ones for us in our lives as well. In this story, Jesus reminds us that we are supposed to follow his direction and not our own as the disciples were trying to catch fish by their own will with their own techniques using their own experience they found themselves coming up short with their results it wasn't until they were at their lowest of lows ready to be done that they were willing to listen to the direction of anyone outside themselves the tricky part about following Jesus' direction is that oftentimes, like the disciples, we get swept up in our own plans. Uh, we fail to recognize Jesus in the midst of them. And we find ourselves easily disregarding the direction he's giving us in our lives. It isn't until we've exhausted our own resources that we typically turn to something else it's usually at our lowest point. We find ourselves willing to take the direction of Jesus. But we have to be careful because it's also at our lowest point where we're most receptive to take direction from anyone else or anything else in our lives. We may let romantic relationships direct our lives because it helps us feel loved and like we're not alone. But then we find ourselves being taken down this road of impurity that goes against God's word. Or maybe we let our recreational life direct us and it's full of fun time with our family and a release from the stresses of the world. But it takes us away from our faith community and our reliance on God for our joy. We need to be living a life that is constantly where we're constantly looking and listening for God's direction so that when we hit those low of lows, we don't listen to the wrong voice. We create a better awareness of God's voice, really simply. It's through being in his word consistently, spending time in prayer, and a constant willingness to listen to and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. This summer I got to go on two trips to Hume Lake, and I haven't really shared much about them yet, and there will be more to come, but they were so amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for your support in getting our students there. Uh, We had over 30 kids this summer give their lives to Christ, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, no, thank you. God was good. And it's funny, but while we're there, every year these kind of conversations come up where students will be like, Brett, I just don't get it. Like I feel so close to God right now. Uh, and I can like see where he's, he's showing me to go in the future. And it's interesting because like, oh, you mean you have greater sense of God's direction when you're in his word multiple times a day when you're worshiping him multiple times a day, when you're in community of faith all the time, it's it's a simple equation. If we want to follow the direction of God, we need to be committed to those simple things that help us do it. While Jesus uses the experience to remind us how to follow his direction, he's also reminding his disciples, he's reminding us to fulfill our calling. Today's scripture And the calling of the first disciples presented similarities that would point the disciples to recognizing Jesus. And in a similar fashion, these similarities in the two stories would also remind them of their calling. Because in the original calling of the disciples, after Jesus said the things we read, he would go on to say, from now on, you will fish for people. In this moment, Jesus reminds his disciples that they are to be fishers of men. He was reminding them that their job moving forward was to build his church, to bring other people to believe, and to continue to disciple others in how to know, love, and follow Jesus. An intriguing difference between the two stories is this. Uh, The nets in the original story were breaking, and the ships were sinking because of the huge haul of fish. But now, as an equipped disciple of Jesus, when following his direction, the nets do not tear. The boats do not sink. When we follow God's direction, we'll find ourselves more equipped to take on the calling he places on all of our lives. There is a calling that we've been given vocationally because of the gifts that we have. But that calling is just a platform for our one true calling, to go and make disciples, to be fishers of men. The qualities it takes to be a fisher of men is very similar to what it looked like to be a fisherman in Jesus' day, and that's probably why he uses the analogy here. A successful fisherman was patient, hardworking, and willing to endure hardship and pursuit of a worthwhile goal, a worthwhile reward. We are called to use our talent, position, and influence in a way that helps bring people to Christ. Whether it's our kids, our friends, or our coworkers, we are called to make new disciples. Doing this will require patience, hard work, and endurance. It starts with making sure that our own faith foundation is strong. But then intentionally modeling the character of Jesus and how we conduct ourselves. It's inviting people to join us in our community of faith and having conversations both subtle and bold about what we believe because of our faith. A lot of times when we talk or think about calling we think vocationally. But do we need to be reminded of our greater calling today? Maybe God's reminding us right now. As the disciples were reminded to follow Jesus' direction and fulfill their calling, Jesus also uses the events of this story uh, to remind them and us to fully remember his power. We're reminded of his power through his miraculous catch and through the amazing feat of strength that Peter showed. By their own will, the disciples came up short of their expectations. But even if they had caught just some fish, or a decent haul of fish, it compares like nothing Jesus can do. The miracle would remind them that of all the other miracles that Jesus had performed. And it would strengthen their faith and trust in him as he prepared for them to be sent off to do his work. When we read of the amazing things Jesus does in scripture, and experience his power in our own lives, It should do the same for us. It should fortify the foundation of our faith and trust in him. And continue to strengthen it. But we are also reminded of the power of Christ when Peter follows his direction and is able to bring in that massive haul of 153 fish. All by himself. It's a reminder that when we choose to live a life of following him, The impossible can become possible. When we let him direct our lives and we live into our calling, Christ can do amazing things in us and through us that we cannot do alone. So when we get a terminal diagnosis and outlive its prognosis, it is not I, but through Christ in me. When we have loved ones who don't want anything to do with faith, or Christianity, despite our best attempts, eventually come to know Jesus, it is not I, but through Christ in me. When, when you go on a week-long road trip to California with 70 students and you somehow come back loving them more than you did when you left, it is not through I, but through Christ in me. When a brother or sister in Christ is taken away from this world, and enters an eternity of peace, hope, love, and joy in the presence of God. It's not through them, but through Christ in them. Through Christ in us, sickness can be healed, relationships restored, and the dead alive. Our passage ends with Jesus telling his disciples to bring him some other catch. Jesus didn't need it to feed them, but he wanted his disciples to participate in the great breakfast banquet that he had before them. Jesus offers us that same opportunity. He offers us the opportunity to partner with him and making the great banquet that awaits us in heaven just a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Because of this world that we live in, in our sinful nature, there are going to be times as we live out our faith that we get the memory of a goldfish. Forgetting who we're supposed to follow, who we're called to be, And just how powerful Jesus is. But there's hope. Because God has given us his word, the church, and his Holy Spirit to make sure that we are constantly reminded of who it is we are called to be. And how we should live. What is it today that God wants you to be reminded of? Let's pray. God, we thank you for the reminders you place in our lives that, that, that keep us remembering how powerful you are, who we're called to be, and how to follow your direction. Lord, as we continue forward in life, there might be a season of uncertainty ahead of us, but God, help us to cling to you as we, as we move forward. Lord, help us to remember our calling and allow for our faith in you to move us to make new disciples. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Will you join me for this blessing, please? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Have a great week.